have a holly jolly and welcome to our final holiday season episode. That's right. Today we are talking Mary and George from It's a Wonderful Life. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. Ho, ho, ho. I'm Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to the We Ship It Podcast Holiday Edition. This is the podcast where Devin and I and our occasional guests gab and goss about our favorite and not so favorite couples of all time. That's right. The past three weeks, we have been doing a deep dive on all things holidays. And today we are taking it back to the classics with It's a Wonderful Life. Yep, this story is a Christmas classic. I watch it every year with my family, and I know how many out there do the same. So I'm really excited to talk about this one. As am I. And today we have a special guest, Adam Parham. Adam has been one of the greatest people in my life and has been a constant reminder that there is good in the world. Um, Back in high school, he actually (laughs) played... (laughs) Back in high school, he actually played George Bailey in our high school production of It's a Wonderful Life. And I was his Uncle Billy. He is a whiz with music and writing. Everyone welcome, Adam Parham. That is a uh, very gracious and uh, <laughs> elaborate introduction for me. I'm not sure I deserve it, but I will take it. And that is, hey, uh, you're very welcome. <laughs> we have to talk welcome. you out because, you know. Happy to be occasional guest. Here <laughs> occasional <time>. guest. <laughs> yes, occasional guest. I love it. Welcome, Adam. Okay, so excited to hop in. Um, but before we do, we wanted to offer our traditional spoiler alert. Christmas movies are particularly cliche, so you probably know the premise, even if you haven't watched the movie. But hmm. here's your warning anyway um and now on to our summary which devin wrote so it'll probably be better than my general get out of here uh the classic this classic tale begins with a young george bailey and mary hatch i didn't know her last name was hatch but look at that uh in the local drugstore george talks about all of the things he's going to do when he grows up and mary stares in amazement we then follow the course of their lives as they grow up and apart There are moments of Charleston dancing and lassoing of the moon. Oh, I love that. Uh, Eventually, (laughs) years later, George is informed that Mary has recently returned from college. He wanders over and spends some time contemplating walking in, which that scene makes me so mad. But uh, (laughs) once inside, he only puts Mary... Oh, he only puts Mary down until a phone call is heard. And Sam Wainwright, an old friend, also can't stand Sam Wainwright. Uh, (laughs) But we'll talk about that. An old friend from school talks to them about a business opportunity and they fall in love. What a way to profess love. Am I right? Uh, Their marriage experiences then wait. Devin, I think this is an incomplete Their marriage sentence. experiences, the fall of the stock market. And oh, the it's a comma. Process. Okay. The comma is missing. The comma is missing. <laughs> sure. Their marriage experiences the fall of the stock market and the healing process of the nation in helping families get back on their feet. In the end, when George is in jeopardy of losing his loan firm, he loses all hope and plans to commit suicide until Clarence the angel helps him realize how many lives he has touched. Upon returning home, Mary organizes the town to rally together to pay back George for all he has done for them. And Clarence receives his wings. (laughs) We did it. (laughs) Love it. I made it through. Yeah. Um, To be fair, this is a very poor 
summary of the entire movie, <laughs> but I had to try it and focus on their... Yeah, I had to focus on just their relationship. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, so with that being said, let's talk. Um, viewers first see George and Mary when they are just in grade school at a local drugstore. What are your thoughts on their first meeting? And why do you think the treatment she receives from him encourages her heart? You asking me? Okay. That's yeah, you know. go for it, Adam. <laughs> Psychoanalyze the, these uh, like six and nine year olds or something. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> hey, man, I, listen, I don't know what's going on through like a, a young girl's heart. I've not been a young mm-hmm. girl myself, but uh, <laughs> just recently watched the movie and whoever they got to uh, play George as a kid. Listen, he's a hunky dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hunky dude. So, okay. But like uh, for for real, like I, who, who knows what they're, what they're thinking? I, mm-hmm. I believe that. She knows George. I think he comes from a good family. The dad's a good guy. Their families obviously know each other. He's mm-hmm. a little bit older, right? You know, he's a good looking guy. What's not to like? And probably has a schoolgirl crush. That's that's the best yep. I could say at that moment. Uh, but yeah, from the beginning, so, yeah. it establishes Mary as the better character of the two is all I will say. And that's going to be my theme throughout this entire thing is that Mary is such a hopeful. I did. I warned Devin. Mary Mm. is such a hopeful young dreamer. And like George, his dreams, he, the way that he deals with his dreams is, wallowing when they don't come true. she she is a glass half full and he is a glass exactly half exactly so it establishes that from the very beginning and i think it's an interesting way for us to meet them because most love interests in movies we don't meet them when they're like six years old right That's yeah. interesting so then. i i gotta i, I have to think about that because i maybe uh the way i almost saw it was that like her dream it, it's almost like he's his dreams keep getting deferred right you know you yes see his right his frustrations as he wants a bigger better life and you know he's a good guy from the get-go but he obviously wants more i almost think that i i don't we don't get to spend a lot of time in mary's head and stuff but yeah. it seems like her dream is just to have this good guy and have a great family and you right. know yeah and then this way it's not like she hasn't had to sacrifice but she gets to go to college she gets to have a lot of that those experiences that she wants to that's so that true. Way, I, I will cut George some slack in that. Good. Obviously, he wants a good family and stuff too, but he deserves a, a little. It's not slack. the forefront of his mind. Yeah, that yes. poor dude just gets beat down by life. And Mary, Mary, I think gets beat down too. But at least she yes. gets seems to get her the object of her desire. If scene one is to. Well, That's true. We're, and we'll get to this later. But she puts her value in what what matters, quote unquote, versus a status or versus yeah. she's got clearer eyes for sure right yeah mm-hmm. um but did you want me to move on Devin? or okay go ahead um sorry um but he's at the age that girls aren't really girls to him just yet <laughs> uh he also has like a sense of arrogance that one would think would deter her from having feelings for him but she's uh-huh. actually turned on by this which some how i don't know but she's like then the, and then she whispers in you're like i'll love yes. you to the day i die yes it's confident sure yeah let's go with that <laughs> i'll love you to the day i die george bailey i'm like oh my goodness um yeah somehow her heart soars instead of getting smashed by his boot but regardless you can yeah 
bring us along to the next one. I so. love this next question. I have to say, like, <laughs> I love the answers that are going to come from it. But next question, we then pick up years later at Harry's graduation party where George views Mary as a new woman. What has changed and why do they hit it off so well? <laughs> Well, she ain't six. (laughs) (laughs) For starters. (laughs) To help out or whatever her age was. But yeah, you know, it's, I always like that scene because to me, I I love it when actors play, you know, from teenager to like age 50 or whatever, whatever they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Because you got this older guy, you know, pretend to be, I guess, very, very early 20s. I guess he would have been out of college if Mm -hmm. he got to go. And then this is the first time he gets to see a new flowered Mary who has just entered <laughs> womanhood. And it's clear that she's desirable. Other guys want to talk to her, you know. Mm-hmm. So even if we don't get to see her personality, I think that's a good move by the movie that shows that other people want her. You know, she's around. Yep. She's still interested in you to hear it said. So, right. I don't know. Devin? Yeah, it's she's a woman. With womanly features. <laughs> She's a woman. <laughs> She's a lucka. <laughs> uh, and let's be honest, he's a man with needs and needs? he's been without oh it for God. a while. <laughs> um, but in reality, I think neither of them really want to, to be there. Um, but once they find their quote unquote one in the room, they're able to enjoy the night together. And that Charleston dance competition is a blast to watch. So. Every time he says Mary, I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god! Like it's, he's like so shocked. He's like so shocked that he's he's like Mary. What is this? And that's like the first time you hear him say that. And it's like, I just it I love the it. shock on his face. Like the oh, you're in my small town. Like that six year old girl that I used to like kind of write off or whatever. And now he's like, oh, and it's basically for what you said because she's pretty. And I think he starts, (laughs) I think he starts to learn about her more though. Once he starts to take her seriously, Mm -hmm. I think he learns she's more than just a pretty face. And like, she's got a lot of substance. I I like how they actually, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they dangle the, just the pretty face in front of her. They have that Violet character, right. Who is, Mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, popular amongst the guys too, let's just say. And yes, (laughs) it's clear that he doesn't have any interest. So I'd like to give him some more credit than just pretty face. At least I, maybe childhood friends or family friends yeah. or something and knows that she at least uh, has something beyond looks. There's a familiarity there and she makes him comfortable. And I don't know. I think he can just kind of tell that they have some sort of soul connection, which is really good. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which kind of leads us into our next question anyway. So what causes Mary to throw a rock at the house and make a wish? What do you think she wished for? A baseball career or something. I mean, <laughs> didn't even have a wish for that one. She could probably just get that tryout. There you go. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know the exact word. You have to assume it's got to be. I want this guy. He's he's mine. But I I, yeah. I hope it's not some kind of a cosmic uh curse that delayed him from. <laughs> I guess in the end, it is a wonderful life, so it's no curse. Right. But, uh, you kind of got to wonder, do you think her rock? Mary's actually the villain from... of the story, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know. So I don't know. The are word. they arguing at this scene? I'm like forgetting they're arguing or he's like being. No, he's uh, he is going off about like all that he wants to do. And she's just yes. like, well, I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think she throws Psych. it because she like wishes for him to see what's right in front of him. 
Like yeah. he's always like off in somewhere like in his head. He's off somewhere else. The grass is always greener. And she's right. like, I'm right here. Like, hello. Come on. Right hello. Right that would be <laughs> yeah. unselfish and and still beautiful in its own way. That's exactly. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, I think that's why she did it. And I think I honestly don't think she's even like wishing. Oh, I wish George would like kiss me or like be with me or whatever. I think she's more just like, I wish he would like see the good that was in front of him. Mm hmm. What about you, Dev? What do you think? But I no, I agree. I think it's to A, get him to shut up. <laughs> Hello. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, come on, George. <laughs> uh, like, like I said, he's just going off about all he wants to do and how much he wants to leave Bedford Falls. And Bedford Falls is such a crummy place to live. And yeah, sure. like um everything that he's going to do. Um, and he gets so caught up in himself that he, she finally is like, hey, I'm right here. Remember, like we were just mm -hmm. having this conversation and it's kind of like their first unofficial date. Um, mm -hmm. And she whips one at the window to break him out of this, his selfish stupor. Um, as for her wish, I think she wished to one day own the place and fix it up. Oh, um, that's yeah. That's what it was. And You're maybe, right, Devin. and maybe, maybe just maybe find herself with George Bailey, but I don't think that me. was the initial um, wish. I think it was to, all right. One sec, guys, one sec. Oh, we hear, do you hear us, Adam? Oh, there we go. You are okay. just a brief moment. Devin, <laughs> good. No, Devin was just stuck still. Here we go. We're back. Hey. <laughs> um, but no, I think the initial wish was for the, the house, house and then, and then secondary George Bailey. Agreed. Okay. All right. Moving on. So an additional four years later and George begrudgingly paces out front of Mary's house. What are your thoughts on this scene? Why does George treat Mary the way he does? And how about that phone call kiss? Why does George stop fighting his love for Mary? There's a lot of questions with this. One. There is a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. OK, so the pacing it, well i love the scene because it's it's so you know layered and there's so much subtext going on and it's clear that he's battling you know his his grand future with his what's yep. in his heart and it's a conflict he's just you know put off his education his his dreams again and again and again and he's like am i really going to do it again this time mm. it's not going to be for and he, you can tell he's like trying to art when he finally breaks down and says <laughs> you know He's trying to convince himself more than her. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, I, I, uh, I'm not sure if, <laughs> if you handle it in the most uh, mature <laughs> way or not, but <laughs> I, I feel for the guy. Listen, he, uh, he's, he, he just, he just wants a shot at life and uh, right. love he views is keeping him back. He keeps getting knocked down and down again. Yeah. What do you think about the kiss, Adam? Um, hey, man smooth i mean it's uh <laughs> in its own way i don't know it's uh the phone falls away it's hey and then rough shoulder shaking everyone oh my god every time every time stewart kisses someone i'm like dude are you eating her face <laughs> what is happening he misses i i rewatched that scene like a number of times just yesterday and it's like he misses her mouth like eight oh, times yeah. several lot, times of, like, chin to cheek action here that's passion. Yeah. That's passion. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I like. I, I'm sure there's a read in there somewhere where you could say like, "Oh, this is. He, he should be. He sh should. Should ask and be more polite and all this kind of stuff." But go I, for that's it, passion Stuart. for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? 
there's just two contrasting depictions of love here. Uh Um, Here, Mary is hoping that he'll walk in and sweep her off her feet, but the magic is deflated when he enters grumpy and Mm -hmm. uh, he knows he's in love with her, but doesn't want to be the, who doesn't want to be because loving her would be just one more thing, just one more thing that ties him down to Bedford Falls. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want that to happen. Um, And there are so many emotions being experienced in the scene, um, which is why adding this intimate phone call just takes it to another level. Um, The closeness and intimate nature of the scene. And as a viewer, the camera is so personal and put up in their face. So we get right up in their whole business. Um, yep. She's wiping away tears. Um, and uh, most of the conversation focuses on these two and their reaction to what Sam Wainwright is informing them on. And uh, he's filled with arrogance the entire time trying to like, Oh yeah, 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 whatever. Like, um, and then finally the line, it's a chance of a lifetime comes along and they're like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just it, there staring them in the face. Uh, and I actually watched this. Yeah. And I actually watched this via um, Amazon video and it provides trivia as you watch. And one of the notes that says during the scene is that um, this was done in one shot. Uh, and because James Stewart was nervous about the love scene after being away from war and they nailed it on the first take and they're like, all right, this is, this is it. <laughs> and they actually had to do some editing to take out some of the more intimate kisses because it was too much for viewing audiences. Apparently. Oh my, oh my. Um, well now, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, more that chin. <laughs> and the face eating wasn't too much for audiences. Like, oh no. That's what I, 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 it could be wrong, but that's what I, I thought, you know so. what, what I, what I do appreciate. I don't know if this was like an older movie thing that they had to make the kisses like more dramatic for some reason, but I mm-hmm. actually think it fits in what's going on here because we see a guy who's been avoiding his feelings for so long. Right. And then he finally just like lets it go and he's like smooch and i'm like yes sir yes it's so dramatic usually, for a reason yeah it's dramatic for a reason and i think it's done really well because you I see agree. him like pacing out there you're like sh-. he's like oh my gosh what should i do what should i do and then he's grumpy and then he just releases and it's like oh that's awesome like finally freaking george and you see him cathartic is that what it's called the cathartic moment where you're just like letting go (laughs) you see him go through this a lot of points in his life it's not just here it's like you see these moments of like clarity for him that he just goes a little bit like crazy like especially Mm. when he's like oh merry christmas he's like running around yelling at everyone it's like he has these moments of clarity well this scene in particular it's like a weird bittersweetness because he is literally being presented with the opportunity like a financial yep. opportunity it's it's the future calling it's like hey by the way all the fame and glory and success and adventure of life it's literally right here on the phone your friend is telling you it's happening and it's <laughs> it's not like stated at the time in that scene but it really is it's that or marry you got it's choice. a choice yeah and he knows it's not a choice because he was there before he even got that call it's mm-hmm. just—it's it, almost like that just dug the dagger in, but it was, you know, like, <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point that it, the it, phone call came while he was there. He was already like thinking of talking to her. Wow, right? And so, what was 
he already knew it was going to be a tough thing, as Devin was saying, right? Just another tie to Bedford Falls. But now it's not just a tie for Bedford Falls. It is a a block from <laughs> escape <laughs> as well. You, ha- you have a the nail in the casket. In no I'm kidding. <laughs> so it's it's like a triumphant moment because you know we we know he's doing the right thing, but I, I right. wonder if he has any doubt even as he's doing it. They come yeah. to the wedding yep. and they're it's all happy and stuff. But Joyful, yeah. And it shows you it's a matter of choice. Like I do feel yeah. he feels boxed in a lot, but he makes the choices. Like um at first when he's like talking about not going to college or whatever, they're like, You can still go to college. And he's like, No, like I have to stay here. And I think he makes those choices. And it's like interesting because sometimes people don't have the choice. And even though he would probably sell it as I didn't have the choice, I think he every time consciously consciously has a moment of clarity and makes the choice to stay back. And I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I agree. Point. Very good point. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to our next one. It is ultimately Mary who decides to hand away their honeymoon cash to provide Mary. money for those without. Why does she make the self-sacrifice and would you be able to make the same decision? Talk about me personally. <laughs> yes. How well do I know these guys? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I might sell out for YouTube or something, you know, like just get like some, but I don't know. That's, you have to think that it's funny because there's no question. As soon as she says it, he's on board and he's like, why? It's more of a, why didn't I think of it myself kind of thing? Yeah. Yes. And um, so it is important, I think, that she does it. I think that's that's the reason why she, he married her and not Violet, you know, why he, yep. they don't have a lot of it's funny because they really don't share too much time together before we see them married and, you know, on their yeah, way. It's they, one, one scene to the next kind of deal. Yeah, but they, 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 they build up enough to know what kind of man he is and what kind of man, mm-hmm. what kind of woman he would he would want to be with, too, even if you right. don't see it explicitly before. And that's right. It's on. It's expected that that kind of selflessness would come to her mm-hmm. if she's going to be with this dude, or at least it better be. So, yeah. yeah, I think it shows like how their hearts kind of meet. Like, I think that's a really important thing for us to see right off the bat when they get married, because it's like, you know, we don't like you said, we don't get too much time with them beforehand. And it's like, was this the right choice for him to make? And I think this is a an approval, a check of like this was the right choice for him to make. She meets him where his heart is at and that is being selfless and helping others. Um, So I think it's a really important scene, especially that in that it's their honeymoon money. Like this guy just can't catch a break, but like, obviously (laughs) they find, they find real joy in like, I don't know, in, in their self-sacrifice. And then they end up having a more memorable experience, you know, when the two guys are outside singing to them while it's raining, like what a sweet, yeah. What a sweet scene. I I love it. What is interesting is that she's the one that says that says, like, let's not stop. Let's keep going. Like, don't don't go back. Yeah. And he's like, No, let me take care of this. Let me go and yeah. see what, what's going on. And and then finally she enters and then she ups she it. She sees, yeah, she sees people in need. She has a way to help, and her heart cannot allow her not to do it. Like yeah. she, there's no way for her to not offer what she has. Yeah. Um could you imagine if they disagreed? I would pay money to see them, <laughs> I them, know. them going home. And George is like, we need to talk about the money thing. We have <laughs> like, $1 you left. You my hand. I had to say yes, but this is, this dollar is going to the, the, the divorce. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my no, God. But the, it's telling that that scene doesn't happen, you know, like yeah. yes. them, they got it made. Absolutely. It, it definitely is. And Devin, would you be able to make the same decision? 
Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, I'd like to say, I would really like to say that I make the same choice, but another part of me would really love to escape and enjoy my time traveling Europe. So... Yeah, I, mean, I feel that it's so hard whenever I watch movies like this, especially around Christmas time. I'm like, totally like I'd make that's the, the right choice. decision. And, <laughs> I, and then you know how it is. I mean, <laughs> I, I am amazed by the fact. And that's what I love about movies like this is it gives you a moment to think about these types of questions that yes. if you're just living your life and not really thinking about it, you, wouldn't you are less inclined to even think about making this kind of choice. So. Mm hmm. I think the honest answer is probably not because then yeah. we'd all be George Bailey and have our own movies written about our, our greatness and self <laughs> selflessness. Uh, Very true. <laughs> diamond of the rough, that guy. Takes yes, a he is. All right, next question. So George, our diamond in the rough, makes or he asks a very good question. Why would Mary want to marry a man like George, a man whose future is uncertain and may not always be able to offer her the best in life? Why does she choose him? Well, that one's an easy one. I feel like, you know, like uh, <laughs> we just we just talked about the scene. I yes. think that that uh, she she has a good heart, too. She's she's in it for the right reasons. She approaches mm -hmm. marriage probably not as a it's definitely not a, a power grab. It's not a, a way to promote herself or seek a better life. It is trying to find the right partner to merge mm -hmm. lives with and, you know, share an ideal with and grow together. And yeah. we seem yeah. to have that worked out from the get go and mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah I, and i think she chooses him um like he might not be stable financially um but he's stable where it matters and he's stable with the heart um she sees through the the front that he puts up and knows his heart and the size of his heart for his community and that he will do whatever it takes to uh, make sure that they are being sustained that she is being sustained um and I think that's a really cool moment that like he's asked this question, like, why did you choose me? And then I think, I think it's the same scene where she's like, um, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter why yeah. before, but I, yeah. <laughs> right uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same scene. He walks in, he's so distraught. And then she's like, and then he gets so excited that yeah. um, he has a baby. Um, but yeah, so I think it's a really cool moment for them. It's interesting Steph to note too. He's, he's a little bit too philosophical for a lot of the people in the town. Like the <laughs> fact that he asks this question, I think is even <laughs> like Mary's like, why are you even asking me that? I already chose you, but, <laughs> essentially like i this is kind of one of the things i do like about george bailey is that he's he's thinking about these types of questions like why yeah. did she choose to marry me like she's amazing like but in mary's eyes it's like quite clear it's like because you're a good man and she sees it before he does and that's why this question is so important it gives us sort of a status update on what he thinks about his own self <laughs> so yeah. we kind of expect what's going to be coming up um yeah. which is you know he needs to learn who he is, why he should be confident and why his life is actually a beautiful gift. And that's, he's so different than everyone else in, in the town. And you can see that the whole time they, they sort of just go on and like accept their lives. And he's always questioning. And I think that it, that's an important milestone in the film um, that eventually leads up to the overall breakdown and then coming back from George Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. All right. Very quickly, George becomes nothing but a warped, frustrated young man. Why does he ultimately lose all hope? And what should he put his faith in instead? 
You see, I think this this ties in almost a little bit to what Steph was saying before, in that he he needs to reevaluate what what it means to be a good man or a good husband or you know mm-hmm. good at life, mm-hmm. what it means to be succeeding in life. Because Mary sees it; she sees okay, you might not have a lot of this money, but you got you got a lot of the intangibles, you know. Uh, hey, cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You got, oh, you know, yeah. we now have. <laughs> it is a wonderful life, very good here. Um, but yeah, she 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 knows that being a good man and, and a success is more than just how much money you got in the bank. And I don't think he can really. But also, like, he's not wrong. Being a good man is being able to probably provide for your family and and make sure that life isn't hard for them and not going to jail yeah. and <laughs> not going to jail. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, stuff like that. Like he, he's not wrong. There are things you know, that he would no like to deal. improve and and could do, be better at, or even if they're outside of his control. And he's only just focusing on them. And yeah. you know, they're glaring and large and real problems, but. Uh, didn't have the bird's eye view. He has, it's the same thing as we were saying before. He has big dreams and big expectations for himself. And he constantly has to put it on the back burner. And you see Mm -hmm. this with a lot of people, actually. I mean, life is very, very, not very often what you expect it's going to be. And I think it's being able to roll with the punches that allows and like accept what ends up coming to you that allows a lot of people to thrive. But I think he gets stuck on like what he doesn't have sometimes. Um, And so that's why he gets frustrated and ultimately he loses all hope because he gets to that point where he needs to be reminded. It's like, like I was saying before, like he, he doesn't see what's right in front of him. He's constantly philosophically debating on if, you know, life is good or where his life would be better. And he needs to have this moment of downfall before he can truly appreciate, you know, the wife he has, the kids he has. Oh my gosh. When the kids are annoying him. (laughs) <laughs> that is the funniest scene ever i'm just right. like oh my god um it always gets me very tense actually i just immediately it does like my, like, some, yeah you know authority figure just snapping down when when james stewart is it jimmy stewart i call him jimmy stewart Devin james. calling jimmy him too. james yeah. like that okay yeah i know him first name basis you know but oh whenever god. he gets like intense it's very intense so mm-hmm. I, they picked a great actor for well, it because you really so amiable feel it. and nice, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he's scared. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a perfect actor for like this, whatever's happening here. Um, because he's so dramatic. But <laughs> Tevin. What? <laughs> Did you um, have thoughts? Yeah, I just think he puts his faith in money, and money will mm-hmm. always be in flux. Um, if you do that, you and your joy and happiness will always be in flux as well. Um, with all hope lost, he allows the world to collapse around him and he bears the weight of the situation and feels he alone can face it. Mm-hmm. Um, he shuts out everyone, including Mary. Um, instead, his faith should be in his family and his community. And he doesn't allow that to happen. He just completely like Mary's like, what's wrong? Like, what can I do? And he just like, nothing. You can't do anything. Blah, 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 blah. Like, he just... <laughs> He's so grumpy. <laughs> it's over. I need a bridge. <laughs> I'm going out. I'm going to get some drinks. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. Good old Jimmy. So yeah, he definitely just doesn't see what's in front of him and allow others to be a part of his quote unquote failure. Like it's not his failure. It's just a moment that he needs to kind of work through and he tries mm-hmm. to do it alone. And instead of doing that, he should focus on what truly matters in the moment. Mm-hmm. 
Preach it. Preach, Preach. it. Okay. <laughs> Next question. What is it about these two that makes their relationship so memorable? You know, weirdly, I'm going to take a, a bizarre tact here and say it's actually that they're not, I don't think of them as a super memorable couple. And that's actually kind of why I like them. I think hey. of them as like almost fair. a a standard, like the, the, there, there aren't any, you know, superheroes flying around. There's no, you know, dragon to save somebody from or super, <laughs> you know, like it's it, the, the villain here is poverty. Yes. <laughs> you know? literally. And, and dreams deferred really, you know, you right. have like a big banker guy who's kind of an antagonist who does one shitty thing to George. Potter. To, but it's really more of a philosophical antagonist throughout it. Um, he doesn't really do a lot to directly go against uh, George. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like it's like the mundanities of life. It's okay. Yeah, we need to pay bills. I want to do things. I can't. I have kids. Things are right. kind of falling apart. And it's really cool that they just they, they don't they don't try to sugarcoat it. It gets really ugly sometimes, but they stick to each other. Um, it's just it's a, a very real representation of America. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that's really nice, and that's why I like it so much. My yeah, original also- answer was Mary. <laughs> it's the reason that they're so memorable. <laughs> but now I, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, I'm a George hater, but I am now sold on what you said. I think, oh, okay. I think you're right. I think that like the two of them, honestly, are so memorable because they're not memorable. Which is a really insightful point, but I'm sorry, Devin. I know I took your space. No, you're fine. I, I like I said, was going to say, I ultimately think it's their growth as a couple and their devotion for each other. Um, as viewers, we experience every high and every low of their relationship, which is again what Adam was already mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we act as a fly on the wall through their lives, and they are so personable. We see ourselves and the challenges we face and the achievements we accomplish in these two. Um, and it's quite special that they are able to manifest this on a screen and allow mm-hmm. us to kind of take a piece of ourselves into the story with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, even, I'll add one last thing. Um, it's not like a, uh, I haven't even seen this like marriage story or, you know, whatever these like ones that have really dramatic breakups, horrible, horrible things where you can see it coming from a mile away. It's not like that. Like they're, they're not, they don't go to extremes. The movie's not about them getting together or even falling apart. It's kind of just about like them being steady and right. yeah, and, it's a journey of their life. Yeah. Yep. You know, like she's not, she's not made into the problem or into one of his problems and he's not really made into one of hers either. It's, it's, yeah, he's I his own problem. The movie for not, for not <laughs> going down that route. Yeah. That's I a agree. good point even if he kind of thinks thinks the marriage might be a problem in the back of his head or something yes. or right. keeps him from stuff. Yeah, the whole yeah, moral yeah. is it's not. Yeah. Good point. Um, so in the end, Mary helps show George his worth. How is this a sign of their love? And what does this mean to George? I mean, it's kind of going back to it. And it's not anything big or grand. It's not that she does like, yeah, she gets all this money together. Um, it's cool, but that's that's the cherry on top. Right. You could see a movie ending without without that. Weirdly, it could be a yep. sweet thing where he just actually realizes it. he comes to that conclusion, money or no money, and yep. um, that's kind of cool. It's it's not that um, 
like it's not that Mary gets the money and that's what makes her a good wife. It's kind of that he comes to his senses, realizes that she's a good wife. And by the way, because she's a good wife, she's got all this shit going on too. So <laughs> yes. here's your money. What I think so is it, great. It, it, oh, go ahead. No, no, that's it. That's it. That's it. I What I think is great is she had no idea, like all the crap he just went through. And this was like her way of like, I know he's going through a rough time and I just want to make something special happen this Christmas. And to me, that's just such a beautiful, selfless act because it probably took a lot of freaking organizing on her part. Yeah, and man, she he had the, Yeah, and he had this <laughs> problem. And I think a lot of the time, like men, like, I don't know if this is just a trait of like husbands or something. They'll take on the responsibility of the family problems. But she kind of showed him that she's like not an equal partner. She's an equal partner, but like not necessarily that that was her point in showing him she was an equal partner, but she's showing him like, hey, we're a family like you're not, you don't have to do this on your own. Right. And I think that's just highlighting for him again, after all the crap he just went through, like you have blessings around you. And one of them is your wife, you know? And so I think that it was just (laughs) a really good, it was just a really good ending. It's also a feel good ending. Like, you know, you're right. We could have ended it on the, Oh, he realized his life was good. Okay. Um, (laughs) But I think it was just like one of those Christmas feel good type important endings. I'm not complaining. (laughs) (laughs) y'all good Devin yeah no I I think it's just the greatest sign of love and this means everything to him I think it's also because his love language is acts of service Mm -hmm. um love is an action for him and and this speaks volumes to him so um Mary sees that he's in need and she makes another grand gesture to show like and it's not really that necessary that it was a grand gesture but just the moment that like hey you're not alone Yep. We're in this together. We're a unit. Um, so let's act like it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's act like it. Stop complaining about the banister being broken. I'm going to. Mm. Um, okay. I love when he walks in and he kisses it the last time and like kind of runs <laughs> up the stairs. Susu's pedals. I'm like, ah, oh, shut up. I love you, but shut up. Uh, okay. So this question, what is your favorite thing about this film? Why is it so iconic and one that people enjoy watching every year? You know, it's okay. I should have even thought of a better answer than this before, <laughs> but I will, I will, I'll say this is one of the things that I like about it so much is that the big climactic moment is really just a shift in perspective. It's not that mm-hmm. he gets the MacGuffin into the, or stops the blue laser in the sky or something. Yeah. Um, it's that really, like not even a lot of time happens really. I mean, they go through a time warping weird, you know, alternate universe, but that's like in real time, I imagine that takes him 15 minutes to realize I'm being a fool. And it, it goes like, mm-hmm. uh, why I think it, it is it is cool, whether he gets the money or not, is that mm-hmm. he realizes it's a wonderful life that he has a good thing going mm. literally just by having someone show him like nothing's changed. You're still, you're still shit out of luck, buddy. But um, you were actually wrong about, about uh, what you were seeing here. Yeah. Uh, and just by shifting his perspective, he, he comes to the right conclusions and that's cool. And it's such a simple thing to do too, but they made it such a grand, like uh, spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> of... <laughs> well, he had a grand spectacle of a life to get there. So I guess <laughs> yes. It's well deserved. Yeah. Mm. Um, angel. My absolute favorite thing about this film are the messages, messages that it shares. It's all about the value of life and how one, one life touches so many others about mm. how to identify failure. That failure is nothing. If you are surrounded 
by those that support you. And it's about integrity and sharing your wealth. And these are all messages that we need to hear every year, if not every single mm -hmm. day. Um, I hate to admit it, but I honestly get so emotional watching this film. Um, it speaks to my soul and I, I, I can't eat it up fast enough. It's just like, I, I, I don't know. There were just moments throughout. I was like, wow, wow, wow. I was just, I was like, again and again and again, I was like, I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your thoughts, Steph? Uh, so I'm going to say Clarence is mega cringy, but I also think he's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> he's also like one of my favorite parts of the film yeah, because he kind of represents this connection. And I love how they have at the beginning, like the cosmos, basically, and which is like heaven. And they're all talking about it um, because it, he represents the connection between us and like our greater purpose as as human beings and like what our normalcy actually means in the, the greater scope of things. Um, so ultimately, yes, like some films, it's a cinematic quality or the music or the actors. And this film definitely has some memorable, like different people involved and scenes and things. But I would say, like Devin said, like you're both saying, it's the message for me. It's like it's showing you how important even our daily lives really are to those around us. And that's just like something like you were saying, Devin, we need to be reminded of it around Christmas time, especially, but every single day. And I think that's why I love this movie. And it's, you know, Clarence is cringy, but we love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, how has Christmas changed for you as you have gotten older? The one thing I can think of is that I think Christmas still has the potential to be just as magical if you're 80 or, you know, three. But it, it is different in that when you're a kid, you know, you have Santa about and it's just effortless. The magic mm -hmm. is just provided to you. It's just the way the world works. There's this big fat guy that comes down and answers <laughs> all your dreams and wishes. <laughs> and now when you're older, it's kind of there's more of a responsibility to make that happen uh, yep. yourself. And, you know, I you can complain about the commodification of Christmas. You know, everyone has spies presents or whatever. But mm -hmm. it's more of the fact that there's not just some kind of mystical thing in the ether that uh, you don't completely understand, but makes your dreams come true. It's now that you have to work at it and mm -hmm. you can still get there and you still get all that love and tingly mm -hmm. family feeling and stuff like that, too. But you are now you now have to add to it. So that's the difference, I think. Yeah, I think ultimately it's it's been hard for me. I'm not going to lie. This whole getting older and being a young adult thing is hard. Yeah. Um, but I think what what Christmas does allow, though, is a little bit of like allowing yourself to return back to the feelings you once had. Like it's never going to be the exact same. It's never going to be exactly the same match because obviously like we know too much now, like, but, <laughs> but, uh, I think it does allow you to go back to at least feel that feeling of like camaraderie and family and, um, all the different special things that Christmas brings around every year. So it's a good reminder. It's been hard for me, but who hasn't it been hard for honestly going mm -hmm. through college and then being a young adult, like it just highlights it even more. But right. what about you, Dev? Um, I just think the focus has changed it used to be all about the gifts and Santa and having yes. off from school. And <laughs> while I still get off from school, Devin is still thinking <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, what's different is that now it's 
all about getting to spend these special moments with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am that I will potentially have the opportunity to see both of you this Christmas. Um, <laughs> like I'm stoked. Um, also the true reason for the season has grown for me and I am so much more appreciative of the Christmas blessings that are given every day, let alone throughout the year. Um, like you said, like the magic is magic is still there. Um, whether or not you are two years old versus 80 years old, like we can still have the most magical time of the year in a sense. And Mm -hmm. it's all because of what we as a society and we as humans can do with it. Um, Yep. Okay. Before you go, Adam, do you ship it? Oh, well, I mean, God and the angels basically did already. So, <laughs> so, they, so we they like required. literally had an act of God come and say, this has to continue. Yes. Who am I to say no? Uh, yeah, those guys are great. <laughs> it's, it's, it, awesome. it, it's literally a wonderful life for a reason. I ship it. I ship it hard. Perfect. Perfect. I ship it too, even though Same. I'm a bit of a George hater. But George thank you, Adam. <laughs> we'll finish the rest of it. And just um, Devin will send you a link to upload your wave file too. Perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. It's thank been you. Super fun. I love this. <laughs> I appreciate it. We'll do it Adam. again. Thank right. you for joining. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. And then, Devin, do you ship it? I do. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's just something about it and the uh, simplistic nature of it all, but also just the grandness of recognizing who you are and Mm -hmm. how much you mean to those around you. Yeah, same. Same. (laughs) Same. I ship it. I mean, I think Mary's too good for him sometimes, but But you know me. Um, And then, okay, to make it a little bit fun and Christmassy, I want to now ask Devin, what is your what is your least favorite? No, not least favorite. What is your cringiest holiday song? And do you have a favorite? I have a cringiest one and my kids have been playing it in class and I hate it. Is it because they know? Is it because they know you hate it? Uh, They played it and I was like, this is my least favorite holiday song. So they play it. So they play it all the time now. Yep. Um, It's Dominic the Donkey. I hate that song too. I really do. I hate it with a passion. Oh my gosh. Um, I cannot stand. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. What's your least? I cannot stand the Grinch, how the Grinch stole Christmas song, whatever the hell it is. You're a mean one. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. And then the other one I can't stand is Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Yeah, that was awesome. Every time that comes on, I'm like, skip, 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 skip. Yep. Yep. Um, favorites of mine, um, last Christmas with Wham. Oh, very classic. I know, right? Um, happy Xmas or Christmas Wars Over from John Lennon. Yeah, uh, that's also another popular one that I enjoy. Very. I mean, there are so many popular ones. Mm-hmm. And the the revisions of the old hymns and sort like I enjoy those too. And yep, I don't. They're just. I love Christmas music. Me too. I listened I, to it way too early. I know. I, I told the kids, I was like, do I play it before Thanksgiving? And I was like, I don't usually, so I'm not going to. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, it's just too soon. It's and, then never finally, too soon. and then finally they came back from Thanksgiving break. And I was like, guys, it's Christmas music time. It's time. <laughs> so my favorites are um, Oh, Holy Night. And then I love the one by Paul McCartney that a lot of people hate. The Wonderful Christmas Time song. 
I have always Simply loved. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. That's one of nice. my favorites. And there you have it, shippers. Our thoughts on Mary and George from It's a Wonderful Life. Now let's hear from some commenters. That's right. Today we are hearing from Josie. Thanks for writing in, Josie. Um, she says, It's a Wonderful Life is a feel-good tale that I come back to every Christmas. George is a little immature at first, but with Mary, he comes around and learns the true meaning of Christmas and the true purpose of his life. This is a great reminder for Christmas time. And I, so this is apart from what she wrote, I personally agree with that. I think that is yep. one whole, wholeheartedly the whole vibe, the whole yep. message, the whole theme of the um, movie. So thank you for sending 100%. it in. Yes. Thank you so much, Josie. And thank you all so much for Oh, I don't know what I wrote there. Um, thank you all so much for filling us with so much holiday cheer. If you're enjoying the podcast or have feedback, please rate and review. We would love to hear from you. Or if you have a Christmas message, you know, we yes, would love to hear would from love you to too. hear <laughs> and see all of them. Um, if you're interested in joining or sending in a comment, find us and engage on social media or email us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And thank you so much to Adam Param for joining us yes. today. Thank you. We so appreciate it. And thank you all for following us during our holiday series. We wish you a happy holiday season. And remember, every time a bell rings, <laughs> an angel gets his wings. Yay. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, guys.